0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. What's up, Trisha? How are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm fantastic. I had three cups of coffee, Chris.
0: <laughs> oh no! <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: boy! Oh, and you're you're edgy already. So this ought to be yes. a good one.
1: I am. I'm full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> Is that like the oldest person? Like, is that like a really old person expression? I think so. Yeah. Um, Then forget that. Never mind. I I don't.
0: (laughs) I don't know old people habits because I'm not one of them, and I'm not a boomer, and I don't. Nor am I. Yeah.
1: And put them in a three ring binder and plastic sheet covers. Shut up. that is just ridiculous
0: i don't like the earth
1: okay (laughs) yeah just go and take all of them and throw them in the ocean for a fish to eat okay (laughs) that's that's basically what you're doing i (laughs)
0: like to highlight and make notes and like write in the margins and you just can't do that on your Apple Mac until you know without messing it up. So
1: I, I would say I have a really difficult time using any type of e-reader. I just want the book. Like I can't. Yeah. I like the feel of the book. I like being able to go back. I like. I just. You know, I appreciate the e-reader technology with Apple Books and all that, but it's not for me. I mean,
0: See, I weird love
1: twenty
0: nine. I know, as a <laughs> uh, Gen Z, um, no, I. I swear, like, I love the Kindle. That's the one. I can't read on my iPad, really. I don't like to read on the iPad. Um, yeah. Unless well, it's like, the Kindle browsing. Well, but... to
1: be more like a book. Like, the way it appears yeah. on the screen and stuff. they actually tried to mimic books. So, it's not it's as yeah. harsh. Yeah.
0: I would say that I do 60% of my reading on that and 40% in actual books just because I read most nights. So. so,
1: like, when you do research, you're not going through microfilm with the library? Because I kind of picture you like that.
0: No, I've spent (laughs) enough on eBay and Amazon books that I have all the books I'll ever need.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So what are you reading right now then, Chris?
0: I'm so I'm working on a four season podcast with a guy named Matt Whitliff. Mm -hmm. And it is called Ideological Origins. And we are tracing the origins of uh, American libertarianism and then showing the the divergent streams that became progressivism and conservatism and so I had this idea a few years ago um, Mm -hmm. I I think people don't understand like the uh, I I did a lot of researching on the civil rights era And I noticed that people were making the same exact arguments then in the 60s in politics that we make now about race, immigration, welfare, like taxes. It was all the same. And and when you sort of trace some of this stuff back, not much has really changed in our political past. And then you go back to the progressive era and the know-nothings and the founding of the country, we're still kind of having the same arguments over and over and over. And so what we're going to do is like show the progress of that. And we're starting with, we're using Britain as the template and that'll be the first season and talking about the development of Liberty and individualism and free markets in England. And then how that spread to the constitution and democracy abroad. So
1: is that that going to be part of the Chris Spengel show, like the wall network?
0: It's going to be a bonus show on the Patreon for We Are Libertarians. And some of that will spill over to the Chris Spangle Show podcast feed. But the book that I am reading that I started today is by Bernard Balin. And it is the, it is the inspiration. It's called The Ideological Origins of the American Revolution. And it's a, like a seminal study of how the founders came about their ideas And so that's where the title of the podcast comes from. And that's the book that I'm just starting.
1: Wait, so hold up, back up. Are you telling me that libertarianism did not start with Murray Rothbard? I'm so confused. Yeah, no,
0: it's really (laughs) weird. It's hundreds of years old. um, Yeah, like if if you trace the origins, if you work your way back, You'll find the reason that the libertarians are close to the right is that they were nurtured by people like H.L. Mencken and American Mercury mm-hmm. uh, in the in the 20s and 30s. And then they were nurtured by Buckley, who called himself a libertarian in National Review in the 50s and 60s. He had Murray Rothbard. Which is funny on.
1: because he's definitely a, a conservative, although I would say he's more yeah. in tradition of conservatism and not like somebody would today call themselves a conservative. Yeah,
0: the point of a of being a conservative is to conserve free markets, the individualism, the natural rights tradition, the the charter of negative liberties, and the Constitution. It Mm -hmm. is not arguing that we should feed your kids racist cartoons and women should stay in the kitchen. That is not conservatism, and so that's where liberty. Nor is
1: it an offensive war machine. that's not conservatism at all
0: (laughs) conservatism is not um owning the libs it is it is supposed to be very close to libertarianism but a little more communally focused and um a little less progressive uh, which is why libertarians are often a little more seemingly leftist on issues like the drug war you know Mm -hmm. foreign policy and all that good stuff so yeah yeah. i
1: would describe traditional conservatism conservatism as like minarchism plus some extras basically (laughs) right yeah it's it's minarchism as defined by the constitution originally yeah thought out yeah i know we have we lost listeners because of this speak
0: (laughs) no i don't think so not at all we're just getting started
1: here right, because we're going to get down into the nitty-gritty of anarchism, and uh, what the hell is going on with the liberty movement, and cancel culture, and whatnot.
0: Yeah, so you are on a roll, and Mm -hmm. listen, as long (laughs) as I've known you, which is, like, two or three years, um, you are not a flaming liberal, like, a progressive, woke libertarian, like, you're not out there marching for Bernie Sanders in disguise, like, you you were you are were a member of the mese's people Mm -hmm. and you've you sort of floated away from that over the last year and i have to think a lot of it has to do with your dms because as long as i've known you your (laughs) dms have just been obscene and gross and (laughs) then are the worst
1: yeah i think a lot of it has to do just even with that but then also like um you know, becoming a principled anarchist and watching everybody who claims to be an anarcho-capitalist, which I am, moving away from that and becoming this sort of nationalist alt-right version of, of of what they consider anarchism, which isn't even a thing. That's a bastardized version of it, and I just don't understand it because I just keep trying to be principled and living by you know, the principles of anarchy and free markets. And they just keep moving closer and closer to the state and violent coercion. And I don't understand it. Like, I'm over here, guys. I'm, I keep going down the path that you started me on. But it seems like that's too hard a path for you. And you just want to run back to your statism. And I'm never going to do that. Like, it's, I don't need to do that. And it's, I'm, it makes me very sad to see a lot of yeah. people I know, like, go back down that path.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's, liberalism is not like progressivism. Liberalism is Mm -hmm. the idea of an open and free society welcoming to all people can achieve self-actualization through that open society with free speech, with multiculturalism, with free markets, and really what it comes down to is that it seems like a lot of libertarians have become illiberal and Mm anti-democratic and a liberal democracy like ours, which is basically in it. And I know you don't agree with this, but it's better than the alternatives, which is you, you set up a system where you vote in the people that have access to that coerced power. And in exchange, they agree to limit themselves to, you know, the, a constitution or a set of agreed upon Mm -hmm. rules. And we all know that Republicans and Democrats have not been doing a great job at that, but there's at least some semblance of trying. And Trump just kind of said, I'm not even going to pretend to play the game. I'm going to make your game worse. (laughs) And that like antagonism is really attractive to a lot of libertarians.
1: Yeah. Which is strange to me because I don't believe they're libertarians. Um, So once you have a man in power that still uses all the force of the state and does everything you didn't like before, but he says the words you like, if you fall for his rhetoric, then you're a fool and you're a tool of the state. You're not right. an anarchist. You're not even a libertarian. You're, you're just – you're going back to what's comfortable for you, and disliking yeah. a group of people is not an identity. It's just being a shit ass. Like – I don't like a group of people. I don't like said liberals. I don't like said right wingers. You know what? That's not a philosophy. Maybe fine tune your philosophy and then you can make an argument because not liking a group of people, it's all that is, is just letting them have you where they want you. The state has them, you where they want you and they're playing with you and you're allowing yourself to be played with. It's very foolish. And to me, it's above my it's above my class i should say like i'm an anarchist
0: yeah like lenin called them useful idiots so basically they parrot the party line that makes it they're unwitting tools of the party that will produce less freedom but it's dressed up in language of freedom you know it's yeah but cruelty is the point like i think that's the thing that that we Mm -hmm. have a hard time reconciling is that I look back at like my grandparents, and they loved Bobby Knight, and they loved Lord. AJ Foyt, right? And they loved loud, brash people that fought. Like they loved that they didn't mind that Bobby Knight choked his players. Like <laughs> you know, they they didn't <laughs> care that he was a little racist. It was that's what made him fun. It was the spice, right? You know, and they loved they loved. Uh, they're they're not paying attention to politics now, but. You know, my grandmother would have loved Donald Trump and would have thought that the sun shined out of his ass. Like, you know, it's yeah. it, 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 it's because she as much as I don't want to admit it, she loved the cruelty. She loved feeling superior.
1: Well, you know, that's and it's a terrible thing to say. Right. Mm-hmm. But but when you become a libertarian, or an anarchist or any form of somebody that kind of bucks the system and and questions, you have to realize that you're probably not going to win a lot of things other than um, the security in your own beliefs. (laughs) Because most people don't think like you. So I I guess you just kind of, a lot of people just fall back to this collectivism where I'm going to side with the right or left. And it's like, but are, are you standing in principle? Did you even believe what you said you believed originally, or was it just comfortable at the time? depending on who is in power. And that to me is very sad. Like if a leftist is in power and um, you say you're a libertarian, but then all of a sudden a a right winger gets in power and now you like him, it doesn't make you a libertarian. It makes you a right wing collectivist and vice versa. Like you, you can't, you can't, you could say the same, same thing about Joe Biden. It's like, did you, did you really dislike the state? Or did you just like the state, the different flavor of the state, you know, like pick your battles choose your side, which should be the side of liberty and then stand in your principles.
0: Yeah. Like I think a lot of people buy into the fear of either side, like they, they're looking, they're secretly rooting for their side to beat up the other side because they think the other side's so terrible. And the, the fear mongering is just, it's worse on the right. It's, it's right now it's worse on the right. It just is. Yeah. Cause it's, Trump has built an entire machine around grievance and people are just falling for this fear of the other side that they're willing to abandon their principles to allow, you know, I'm I'm not going to say I agree with it, but I'm just sort of happy that they're doing that.
1: Well, I, I would say like fear-mongering is a tool of the state. So it happens on both sides. We we know this. Um, it's just more prevalent among uh, conservatives now. I think that this, and I would conservatives with, you know, um, quotations around it. Not um, the
0: real conservatives, the the right. own-the-libs conservatives. I, I, don't,
1: I can't even think of a real conservative in modern times right now, actually. I can't think of one. Can you? I
0: would say, yeah, the dispatch guys and Jonah Goldberg. I think, like Jonah Goldberg okay. is Yavol yeah. uh, Levin. Um, uh, AEI, AEI is a pretty decent conservative think tank. You know where they, they listen. They're not anarchists. They're okay with certain functions of the state. They're somewhat mm-hmm. militaristic, but they're not. They're not overly mm-hmm. so, and they're they're you know um, I, I, I would say those guys like. You know, they're they're all about Jonah Goldberg's book, um, Suicide of the West, is a really good book. And it's very close to libertarianism in a lot of ways and libertarian Mm -hmm. philosophy. So it's really good. It
1: sounds it sounds very conservative from the title.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Suicide of the West. uh, And it's basically about fighting tribalism and nationalism and socialism and you know, standing on the principles of the individual liberty and free markets. And, you know, so let me ask you this. What what is grinding your gears that has you so worked up over this? Like what has happened in the last week that's just got you up in arms and full redhead?
1: Um, So I've gone full ginger because um, I am an egalitarian as far as my like philosophical beliefs. And um, that winds up with. Uh, So I believe men and women have equal value. What? Um,
2: Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's
1: a crazy (laughs) idea. You would think it was crazy by me saying Uh, that. Next caller. Yeah. (laughs) But I have seen, um, which I hate to, I hate using this word probably because I've been conditioned to hate using it. I have seen so much misogyny that it's, it's disgusting. Um, I think The right thinks misogyny makes them woke and it just makes them sound stupid to be honest.
0: It's a virtue virtue signaling. Like, there's one guy that I saw you comment on on his post today. I've been friends with this guy. He's a libertarian locally. Been friends with him like 15 years and I've just seen him go over the last five years full alt-right basically. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like...
1: I've seen that with a lot uh, of my friends. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and... I saw he basically commented something along the lines of most women will spend thousands of dollars on makeup and beauty tips when all they really need to do is eat less food. Yep. And mm-hmm. now this is a fit guy. Cause I looked on his profile picture. Cause if he was fat, I was going to meme him. <laughs> and then I decided to look at his wife and I thought, I'm not going to make fun of her because she obviously needs help. And I almost commented, hey, at this guy's wife, if you need help getting out of this marriage, please contact me. Because yeah. there's no way that guy is a decent husband. And I just no. unfriended him. And I was just, and I saw you commented. And it was just like, what is the point of that status?
1: Well, it's just to it.
0: show your other bros that you're a piece of shit, like they are.
1: Well, and he gets a lot of, hey, congratulations, you're great, and this and that. And it's just like, I went back through other posts and and realized that every value he gives to women is whether he can have sex with them or not. So um, it was, you can't be friends with women um, if they're your family or coworkers, otherwise don't be friends with them. And I thought, Oh, okay. So you can't have incest because that's gross. And then your boss frowns upon interworking relationships. So you'll have to put up with them. Otherwise you can't have sex with them. So they have no value. And it was just like, how little do you think of women? That you have to categorize them and whether you can be attracted to them and have sex with them—that's pretty yeah. gross. And I've just seen a huge threat of that. And you know, I make sexist jokes and stuff about stereotypes because well, I mean, part of them are funny. And if if I don't feel like they're going to hurt anybody, I'm going to make them. But it's almost a defense mechanism because it's like, hey, guys, I'm not some like uber third wave feminist. I, I I understand men's rights. I fought for men's rights. I think working for bill reform is fighting for men's rights because they're the ones most affected by it but it, it's like wh- why do you feel the need uh to be so scared of these a few 3rd way feminists that you need to just trash women it's just gross it I, yeah I, it's like and and no, no, what that, that
0: does is like this is a guy who has read every right it's like the right leaning press go look at the topics of podcasts this week on all the top Republican podcast, and mm-hmm. it's all about Meghan Markle. They're all talking about how Meghan Markle is a non-story; doesn't matter. And oh my god, yeah, let's five talking days about on. Her. It. <laughs> right, because they're obsessed yeah. with the fact that this, like, the fact that she's a a black woman who is speaking her mind. Like, there's really, I don't think it's much more complicated than that. It's
1: also, and, and I made some stupid and jokes it's about a it. But a honestly, woman, <laughs> she's suicidal. Like, you know that rich people kill themselves more than poor people statistically yeah i mean i actually look at the numbers
0: i haven't followed the story but it is funny how this type of guy obsesses on stories like that and betrays kind of like the thing that he thinks he isn't if that makes sense like he's obsessing he's obsessing over uppity women And then we'll tell everybody he's not a misogynist when he's called a misogynist. And it's like, at what point do you have 15 women on the thread going, this is really gross and ugly. And by the way, if there's 15 women calling you out, there's 1,500 that didn't speak up. Right. And and it's sort of like when people try so hard to defend like a Me Too rapist, like a Roy Moore. And you don't realize like all the women in your feed are just going, oh, okay, I'm not going to be alone in a car with that guy. You know, it's like the need to defend the dregs of society by being one of them is just is a weird impulse for guys like this.
1: Well, and it becomes an impulse for women that are libertarians, too, because you don't want to be put in this category of this liberal third way feminist that um, doesn't understand, you know, Politics, how hard, and culture, how, and, and How hard it and is markets. to be, man. Yeah. And, and so you're, <laughs> I'm not that type of girl. And they become these, and I hate using this term in a way, but I kind of like it because they become pick-me's. They become, hey, man, look mean? at me. I'm like you. So a pick-me is a woman that raises her hand and wants desperately to be approved by a man and will literally reject any type of standing, like standing up for herself or any type of real feminism and just always like crucify herself for a man. It's a pick me. And I see a lot of this because they don't want to, it's difficult to stand up for yourself and say, Hey, I think that's a misogynistic comment, or I don't think you're treating women fairly. And I think we should be on equal footing. And once you say that it's like, Oh, you're just like them. You don't have any uh, say, and I realize there's a lot of women that understand free markets that aren't me's They're feminists, just not Marxists, and that's okay too. <laughs> like we're allowed to stand up for ourselves, just like men are allowed to stand up for ourselves themselves. Yeah, like
0: f- fifteen years ago, so ten years ago, you know, we would if we had a female co-host go to the Libertarian Party convention, we literally had to follow them around because there were just so many creeps around, and there were so few mm-hmm. women. And so it was just very, like, the the creeps were very aggressive. And what's happened over the last five years, I think, is the right has become more cretinous. Um, yeah. And so many libertarian guys have become so cretinous and, like, you know, adopting that, um, what Jeffrey Tucker called brutalist mindset, that there's mm-hmm. been, like, this big in there's a been a big influx of women, like there is probably quintupled the amount of women that now that there were ten years ago um, well, ohio, the ohio
1: l p is like hugely infiltrated by women. We run a lot of things here
0: it's, it's amazing
1: they're great people it's a <laughs> it's a gino, it's a gynocracy to be honest um but
0: <laughs> the the reality is women and people of color are just not putting up with their this shit anymore. Like, right. Th- and that's the thing that I think bothers some of these uglier guys. And I think that when you have this conversation, you've got your regular average guy who feels attacked by this conversation. And I just say like, why do you feel attacked? Because if we're not talking about you, we're not talking about you. Right. But you know, and that's the thing that I think that those guys, like the the middle goes, Oh, I'm with this other side and I can't hear this kind of thing. It's like, no, like, why do you feel attacked? We're not talking about you if we're not talking about you. But like, my point is that there's this great groundswell of support for women who are speaking up and saying like, this this is not a good environment. This is not how people ought to be treated. This is like, that's what you want to see, because that's what makes the backbone you know I there's a there's a libertarian named Kathy Rice Reins, Ryan Swans. I know I've gotten her name wrong. I'm so sorry. Um but like she was the first feminist libertarian that I ever saw uh, like online and still is online and was a progressive libertarian and just took a beating and has taken a beating for 10-15 years online like doxxed and harassed and mistreated and talked down to and treated like just an inferior person. And she's never gone away. And I've always appreciated that she didn't because so many progressive or left-leaning libertarians or people who are trying to just say, this is not right back down and disappear and, and give up the fight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's why I think a lot of people don't want to speak up in, in circles like this because they don't want to take the abuse. And the other side goes, well, there's no abuse. Cause I don't participate in that. I would never do that. It's like, you have no idea, Trisha. You're, I mean, you're getting crapped on for just saying the obvious, which is like, we should treat people nicely and women
1: are people. Yeah. And you know, speaking to what you were saying, there was a long time where I didn't speak up just merely because I didn't want, uh, my friendships or my, um, relationships online or through the LP or whatever to uh, be strained. So I just shut my mouth and there's, it's come to a point where I just don't care to do that anymore because I don't think that's, that serves any good purpose. Um, If, if you're going to trash me as a woman, trash my appearance or trash fellow women's appearance and say that that's our value, then if I stand with you, I'm a piece of garbage and I'm not garbage. I believe in my philosophy and I can tell you all day about anarcho capitalism. But what I can't tell you about is preserving Western culture because that has nothing to do with that shit. And so if that's your <laughs> if that's your whole thing, like we're gonna have issues, dude, and I'm gonna stand up for myself. And if you call me a feminist, well goddamn right. I believe men well, that's the thing about the... are equal. Ah oh, oh my gosh, for... that's so crazy.
0: <laughs> right. Like the so preserving Western civilization
1: that's like stupid.
0: What what does that like I'm reading a ton about St. Augustine, Florida, my favorite city on on earth, and like it is a it's the first colonized settlement by the Spanish in fifteen sixty five. Like they got off the boat killing Indians and stealing things for like it's built on yeah. slave labor, like Yeah, it wasn't you know, a great the,
1: culture. <laughs> the,
0: the women women until the early 1900s basically if they didn't have a man in their life had to prostitute themselves because that was the only way that they could feed their kids because of you know morality laws from the spanish and the and the american governments like this this is not a culture that we ought to support right like there's there's good parts of it like the natural rights tradition and individualism and free markets the harder you fight for the uglier parts the harder it is to fight for the good parts yeah. and people don't seem to get that you can take something from this and leave the other stuff and you're not going to give over and start tearing down Washington statues.
1: That, that is the biggest problem with libertarians is the fact that most of them that I've come in contact with that I, I feel like are regressing cannot understand that two things can be true at the same time (laughs) it's just such a ridiculous thing for them to fathom that you know you can take the good and the bad from something like something can be good and bad at the same time like it's just all we're gonna throw it into this binary choice and what that is is basically like bowing again to the duopoly and everything you said you didn't believe in you're just falling right back into
0: yeah yeah So So as you started to, as you started to speak up, like what has been that experience like as you started to kind of push out of that comfort zone?
1: So I've lost a lot of, um, like hardcore right winger friends. I can't imagine what they're saying about me in circles. And I, and I, this has happened to me before. It's not a big deal because I generally just like, I rise back up because that's, I'm a Phoenix
0: (laughs) or at least Mm -hmm. I like
1: to think I am. Um, You're a strong,
0: you're a strong ginger that don't need no party. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but um I, I did notice as of late I had been called like blue pilled and things like that, which is the <laughs> dumbest thing ever. Just please stop. Like it's like using it's, just, it's using vernacular from like a time long, ago, I feel. <laughs> it's ta-
0: no, it's tagging. It's it's the same high school bullshit that everybody went through. It's it's a way and I've got other people that like have that have blocked me um that used to do this that would go and signal to their crowd and Mm -hmm. like point out negative shit about me and say to their crowd this is not a person you should trust or listen to oh yeah and And,
1: and that's another thing they all follow the rules of this crowd and it's like um i'm an anarchist like not that i don't listen to people that i find intelligent but i don't follow a crowd that's kind of like against the individual i'm not a collectivist like i don't need to agree with you on everything
0: it's like dudes that have podcasts named after free thinking are like, I would rather light a, I would rather read Lenin than listen to a blue pilled libertarian. It's like, okay, it's, it's all, it's all social signaling and it's very mature to like signal that this is not a part of our group and you need to not listen to them. And in fact, you need to open them up for harassment because we don't want to hear, we don't want their poison infecting your brain.
1: I, I also find that they just use code words and they really can't logically explain their arguments. So yeah. when you get to a point, they just say, you know, okay, libtard, or you're blue-pilled, or you're, you know, thanks for your woke, or whatever. It's like, no, I was, I'm an anarchist. I'm engaging in a conversation with you, which you refuse to have with me, which shows me that you really can't back up your argument, and you're just small. I just, and I don't have a lot of time left in my day for that anymore. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna put, put up with that shit anymore. I'm You know, at 29 years old, (laughs) have have you you, left in me. (laughs) I I know that,
0: like, this fundamental culture change that has happened over the last couple years, because you asked today, like, when did Libertarians start becoming nationalists? Yes. And it's really, like, been a five-year slide, but especially the last two years, it's just really accelerated as... I mean, a lot of these people are afraid of the culture war stuff. They they buy into the fear that's pushed by a Tim Poole or a Ben Shapiro and you know, the, their world view becomes much, much smaller and much scarier and they, they can't risk it talking to other people, listening to other people. I mean, so w- w- like I, I guess
1: I think that's very unfortunate. Ha-
0: have you started to doubt because I haven't I guess I haven't doubted any of our fundamental principles. It's made me doubt if a full anarchic society could exist, if the people that are supposed to be the most committed to an open society are this susceptible to propaganda. And so it makes me wonder if it's possible, um, you know, from a moral and utilitarian standpoint, this is the most moral society as as an anarchist, anarchist society. It's the most, Functional utilitarian society, but it's the trust—the trust factor—is broken down for me. I mean, has that? Have you felt that on your end?
1: I I kind of come at it from a different angle. I suppose I have a really simple answer for that. Maybe it's too simple. I don't know. Those people aren't anarchists. They're just status and disguise, Mm. trying to be cool, and, and they don't understand liberty. And if you don't understand liberty, You know, you're going to swing back to that. So all we need to do is just get more people to understand liberty. Um, Yeah. So I don't don't fear that or fear them because they're not really living their principles. If you have no fruits from your principles, you're not really you don't really believe it. You know, you could say everything all day. My God, my dad says he's a libertarian. And then he argued for like the government planning sewers with me. I'm like, really, dad? Like the shitters? Like that's (laughs) the thing you're really. So a lot of people can say whatever they say. But if they don't live their principles, then, you know, they're just the same as everybody else. So, you know, true liberty lies with the person that lives it, not with a person that says something and then changes their mind later on. So I'm not too much worried about them. You know, like a lot of people can claim a lot of things, but you know, I'll know them by their fruits.
0: Yeah. Do you want to do any questions here? Oh,
1: I always want to do questions it? on stereo. Hell oh, yeah. yeah, who knows All what right. the hell's just about to happen.
0: All right, John man.
1: Oh my god, that was my husband and was it? He must have accidentally hit something.
0: It's probably his giant his giant penis accidentally hit the button. Yes. Trisha, Trisha one day sent us all a picture of him in gray sweatpants. <laughs> I swear to God, it has its own zip code. Pray yeah, for Trisha's service. Okay, so
1: he's going he's gonna to hate me so much right now, but he had a vasectomy like, less than a week ago. That was actually about a week ago. Oh,
0: so that's why and you're so, more interested in feminism is because you're going to yeah. turn him. You made him a woman. Yeah.
1: He is in pain. Oh God, John, don't hate me, don't divorce me. <laughs> but he just—he's just had a like we both had like a rough surgical week. But all know, three the of poor you,
0: guy. you, all three of you, you, John, and his penis. <laughs> yes,
1: we've had a hard week. Oh, we can make so many jokes about that. So I won't to do speak. that. <laughs> John, did you accidentally hit something? I'm dying laughing. I'm still going to make fun of
2: him for that later.
1: Anyway, do we have any
2: other The discovery of liberty is almost equivalent to being born again. It requires one to open one's mind to a receptivity to reality that was otherwise um, disenfranchised from one's experience of life in a former state of mind. Um, to be truly liberated is to be engulfed in this great endeavor towards enlightenment. And so to be liberated requires that one gives up their ignorance so it's it stretches far beyond any philosophy that was expounded in the 20th century and goes millennia into history when human beings were seeking out some form of elevated consciousness so it's 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 beyond religious. It's pseudo, I don't want to say pseudo-religious or quasi-religious, but the idea of actually generating a liberal... Now listen
0: here, that sir. Was, what, that
1: was my he's, husband.
0: He's using a lot of big <laughs> words, and I'm going to take it as an insult, no. but I'm going to let it go. He was, really
1: thinking, he was really thinking about what we were talking about.
0: He's using a lot of big words.
1: He uses he uses those words daily. Like, that's my life. Like, I'll be like, hey, honey, do you want breakfast? He's like, could you shape it in a dodecahedron? I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, you, have have liberty-
0: you have an extra 18 inches to store all your knowledge. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's where we do all of our thinking.
1: Yes. Well, yes, I would say that. Although. You know, I'm trying to be like a good feminist and not objectify men the same way they objectify women. But, yeah, I'm going to fail at that.
0: <laughs> well, we'll make it equal and talk about boobs later.
1: OK, great. To John's point, I would say that the philosophy of liberty is not just a political philosophy or something new, that it is uh, age old and it requires letting go of um, a lot of uh, perceptions and presuppositions because most people live in statism like most of us have been raised in it so it is difficult to overcome that and and gain that philosophy and, and can, can, it. You ex-
0: can you explain statism for people who may not be familiar with oh. that
1: oh yes i forget so statism is simply somebody that believes in the validity of the state um it it doesn't necessarily mean somebody that lives under one because then we're all statists um so the state is any form of government that is violently coercive Anything that is backed up by a gun in a cage is government. So.
0: All right, let's take the next. <laughs> yeah, but didn't the liberals just cancel Pepe Le Pew and uh, Speeding Gonzalez?
1: No, no. I don't no. even know all right, all right. what even happened with that. I'm, I can't even keep up with all this cancellation.
0: I know there's one every week. Listen, every eight, I was eight years old watching Pepe Le Pew and knew that guy was a rapist. Like, come on. Like, if, who the fuck didn't know that peppy lepew was a problem like as they were drawing it they were like hey, 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 hey. this is the time <laughs> like the time i was in college in 1947 like i mean it's uh, i i I mean the central to Pepe Le lepew's only character attribute was the fact that he would sexually harass a cat? Like, <laughs> yeah. what other redeeming quality does he have? Like, there's range to Donald Duck or Daffy Duck and the Rabbit or whatever the ra- what, like. How no-
1: did the cancellation happen? Like, was it the, was it Looney Tunes or like who so, decided to pull him?
0: Yeah, they're making Space Jam Two, and they decided not to pull oh, why? Why? Because they're like, what are we going to do? We can't have him sexually harassing the rabbit, so there's nothing for him to do. So let's just not put him in it. And the conservatives have taken up this cause, like, and so it's wait, the same he's basically thing. Basically,
1: not in Space too Two. That's it. Yes,
0: and this is a Jesus. sign that they're they're taking your culture from you. So, <laughs> like this is just kind of where I don't care where I don't care if Harry and Meghan Markle leave the monarchy. And I don't care if the monarchy gets destroyed. And I don't care if Dr. Seuss's foundation decides that they don't want to publish six of their own books anymore. And I don't care if Looney Tunes doesn't want to put one of their shitty characters in a movie. Like, and and I get, I, I like conservatives really have nothing left in the tank. They have nothing. The base has nothing left to offer America. Because today, Joe Biden signed $2 trillion worth of federal funds Jesus. in government stimulus. And the only thing Republicans can, t- can talk about is Pepe Le Pew because they have no yeah. credibility left. Right. They, like Donald Trump was mad that Nancy Pelosi's stimulus it, it, this time last year was not big enough. So there's no credibility left. On, you know, one, don't I mean, so in some ways, I'm OK with them talking about Pepe Le Pew because... At least they're not insulting us by talking about the deficit. Like, that would be more insulting than talking about a cartoon.
1: Yeah, I think it's gone beyond. I watched Mitch McConnell today. Um, I think it was ABC News. There was a clip. He's like, this is possibly the worst bill that's ever passed. I'm like, dude, you've fucking been there for, what, 40 years? Maybe shut your mouth and it's probably your fault that it passed.
0: Yeah, how about we talk like, about fucking Don't get shit. all Righteous. Jim Crow laws that slavery maybe that some of that was worse the yeah. the fugitive <laughs> slave act seems to me to be a little worse than the the 2, two trillion stimulus but
1: okay here All here's right. the thing about the stimulus um it's just going to make our future generations more poor maybe because oh, there's a lot of different theories on on um the way that the money uh US spends into deficit what i yeah. would say is if you get that money put it towards something that'll last And then, you know, do good by your kids. That's the best you can do. You know, like maybe invest in a little bit of, uh, you know, silver. Our Patreon. (laughs) Yeah, or, yes, of course, the Walt Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) That will see Uh, your children through. Yes, I will become their
0: daddy. All right, next (laughs) one.
3: Hey, what's up? Uh, Chris and Ginger. I am Real Talk All Day, member of the UPC podcasting group um i have a segment on here called ask a cop basically i've been a police officer for three years Work in a major city um people come on talk about a variety of things i could talk about a variety of politics um but sometimes people come on they ask questions about policing or they bring big topics like blm riots stuff like that um break down shootings court cases you know constitutional rights um, stuff like that. So I'm inviting you guys. If you guys are interested, feel free to go to my face and um, oh. click on my Instagram. Send me a message. Um, I'd love to have you guys on. <laughs> Let's make a plan. I'm planning for April, by the way. Uh, my
0: yeah, uh, he's
1: advertising uh, on your show because you have a lot of followers. But cool, cool.
0: That's okay, that's <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll come on your show as long as there's donuts.
1: I. You know, I don't think he knows how I feel about cops, but I'm actually always willing to have an open conversation. So I appreciate
0: that. I would 100, I'm 100% going to follow him for sure. I would love to, I'd love to hear that. Definitely. I think I already do. I think that's been the biggest thing over the last year that I've, I've kind of, you know, when you do podcasting, you're supposed to be like Rush Limbaugh. You're very sure of your opinions. You're always right. No one else who disagrees with you is right. And like, I've, Like in the wake of the George Floyd stuff, like I was always very anti-cop, and now I'm kind of like, these guys are just enforcing all of the laws that we have asked them that we have asked them to enforce. The problem is that we pass too many laws, and like a lot of these guys Mm. are trying to do their best, but some of them are also racist. (laughs) Some of them are violent, and some it's like every other it's like every other profession. There's some like really shitty ones. And I I just think it's a much more complicated situation than I think I ever gave credence to.
1: I I honestly think there's a weird fraternity there that is just violent and wrong and needs to be stopped. Yeah. The police union needs to be stopped. So I, well, you and I probably have a little different opinion of that. And I have personally known police officers in a white suburban town. And, yeah, they're racist as hell. I'm just telling you all.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm saying, like, we agree. I'm just sort of willing to listen more than I than I used to be.
1: Yeah, well, I've actually learned a lot from um, so I've listened to a lot of shows and podcasts and done a little bit of investigation on like police that leave the system and then um, probably try to do better. And I think it was it was a Chicago. I think he was the police commissioner um, left it and kind of went into teaching people about nonviolent crimes and why they shouldn't be prosecuted. And so I, I, there's definitely decent cops. The, the problem is that, you know. they either get suicided or let go or you know deplatformed so it's unfortunate and and, no I I think they definitely have something good to say and and, you know they've been in the system they know it better than all of us
0: All right. next up didn't the progressives just cancel a bunch of things
3: Uh also because some people care for the come on my show so I've started putting this disclaimer I'm a libertarian
0: nice one of those
3: annoying people So some people care.
0: You might not. Real talk all day then. Hey, real talk all
1: day. I'm a libertarian anarchist baby, so we can chit chat.
0: (laughs) Now he's cool. He's not. He's he's a cool cop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: To support egalitarianism would be (laughs) similar to saying that every ego has an equal opportunity to express its worth in the marketplace of ideas. And I think that would be obviously, um, regardless of one's race or sex or creed, it is to actually express one's voice in a way that is open to judgment and possible condemnation. And that is what allows somewhat controversial voices to rise to the surface is when they have the bravery to be exposed in the present in a way that might call silence to fall upon them or to be requested of them, but true egalitarianism would require that all egos get to be heard. Trisha, what
0: the fuck did he just say? (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's my husband he speaks in philosophy
0: you know he so has a big dick because he's talking he's playing cold play and what? a real man no, doesn't no, listen no, that to was Coldplay. A Coldplay. that
1: was baby einstein for my infant
0: ah that sounded like like stars will fall
1: no. <laughs> oh okay he's speaking in philosophy so it's it's basically like The reason that um, the most uh, edgy voices get heard is because when you speak your ego into existence, like, only the ones that hit the fray get listened to.
0: Right, right. People love a show. So,
1: yeah, there's a reason that the um, people that live on the edge and and speak the most cruel or or in whatever way are the ones that are most heard. So, the kind people generally don't make big waves. (laughs) Unlike you, else. Christopher.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. It's, it's funny that the harder I've tried to be respectful and nice, the less, the more offensive I become. It's <laughs> it's really yeah, weird. Yeah,
1: well, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. And I've learned that, you know, the more that I try to understand different voices than mine, the more I get called horrible names. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm supposed to be mean because I don't really feel like bullying people. That's not my jam, you know? Mm hmm. Do we have more questions? Sorry,
4: could you guys double back on the status that you guys are talking about? Hey, what's up, Crisping? Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, what's that? Hey, what's up, Chris and Ginger? Could you guys just double back on uh, the status you guys are talking about? I just joined them and I'm a bit late. Cheers.
0: So, Cheers. Yeah, we basically are talking about politics and empathy and really about how, it, it, like, sometimes when you speak up, there's going to be consequences for that. I mean, is that a fair assessment of this conversation?
1: I would definitely say so. Um, but speaking your truth is a good thing. I think we could both agree on that. It, it yeah. might not do you well in this lifetime, but hopefully it pays off in the next. <laughs> no,
0: I think like once, <laughs> once you, like when you start doing a podcast or any kind of brand, you want everybody to like it and you want everybody to like you. And I'm a person that wants to be liked once A lot of people, you get to a point where you're big enough that a lot of people tell you how much they don't like you. You really stop caring because, like, I find it annoying, but I don't really care. And it doesn't really, like, change my editorial stance. Like, I'm not – people go, well, this is – you're a woke libertarian because you're getting some sort of gain out of it. Or the, the word clout was used on Instagram. I've never really? had I've never had less clout in my life <laughs> within like my <laughs> within libertarian circles I've never had more criticism shot my way like there's not there's not a big avenue for Christian conservative white male libertarians that aren't racist or aren't pushing racist tropes like there there's like me and like I think that's it.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait, so it's no, just... there's like Vaughn, like, right? Vaughn, they used, right? They used to have a huge online presence. So yeah, right? Like there's not. <laughs> it's not like
0: you know. It, it, if you go full one way or you go full the other way, then you can really maybe make some money and like buy a nice house in Malibu, like Jimmy, Door. But like, I'm not. That's not happening with me. You know? It's, it's So well, I'm. I'm saying what I think, and if people don't like what I think, they don't have to listen, and I don't really give a shit. Otherwise, I just want you to stop being annoying to me.
1: Well, that, that comes back to collectivism. collectivism. It's really yeah. scary to leave your tribe, even if you've become a libertarian and you think you are a free thinker or whatever and whatever. But all these people say these things and, boy, you step out of line and you're going to get your hand smacked. So yeah. it, it's, it's very easy for anybody else that's brave enough to step out of line and not completely agree with everything a certain group or subsect says. Right. And now it's like, are you friends with them still? Oh, I better tell them that I don't like them so the good boys can see that I don't like them. I'm not one of him. And it's really it's just like it's just like obeying the police when somebody goes against them. It's like the one brave person that says, you know, I don't answer questions. Fuck you. And everybody else says he did it and points at him because they're scared to shit for the one guy that stands up for himself. You know what? Don't I don't care about those people anymore. If you're if you're scared to be my friend because I don't agree with everything a certain group says, you're not my friend. And and the people that are my friends don't particularly care and don't spend too much of their time on that.
4: I mean, my problem is that (laughs) she doesn't look black, (laughs) and
0: she's (laughs) all right. I, I don't know why you would say that about Trisha. Yeah,
1: I'm not an African-American. I am a white, Caucasian. No, he's talking about Meghan
0: Markle. (laughs) Okay.
1: Oh, no, I think, I'm like, thank you.
0: I was joking. Um, I
1: mean, I do have a nice ass. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think Meghan Markle's like Hispanic, I think, isn't she?
0: I don't honestly want to speculate. Anyway,
1: she's she's a <laughs> no. She's a, a person of color, so she's obviously not like completely.
0: Bring by me nature. my mint julep and let's speculate <laughs> on her <laughs> oh, race.
1: God, are you like are you um what's his face? What's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Right now, uh, not, oh, not I'm not
0: we're getting We're the into whitest
1: people in the world. Not interested Chris, in that conversation. We just lost all of your like black followers. Are no, like just I'm not really sure what's canceled. These people. That's okay. <laughs>
2: Suicidality happens to be a symptom (laughs) of affluence. Why do you believe that people who have more comfortable lifestyles have a tendency towards suicidality as opposed to those who grow up in more impoverished circumstances?
1: Oh, actually, that's really interesting. No, no, no. So um, I've seen a lot of negative – thoughts about Meghan Markle I think he's referring to that and she was suicidal and people made fun of her because she was rich Which, ironically rich people kill themselves at a much higher level and I I really didn't appreciate people like um, you know Making fun of her for feeling suicidal. I don't think particularly think her status as a celebrity no, or a people rich don't, person. Those people, <laughs> people are don't, assholes.
0: Those people don't understand. I've dealt with suicidal ideation my entire life until the last couple of years, and like the reason things have changed in the last few years is connection. Suicide has everything to do with either brain chemistry or your value and standing within a community, a community, and being understood by people and your own self-worth and, and somebody that is wildly isolated, constantly the subject of a torrent of speculation and gossip and hate. And just like, it's, I've, I've spent my entire career working around people of high social status, celebrities or radio or media figures or politicians or I mean, race car drivers. I've spent a lot of my career working with and for them and watching them. and, it's not easy it's not easy to to be in a position of uh, in a large public position I'm not saying that it isn't it's certainly a lot easier than being a poor single mom you know who is struggling right. you know or any single mom really um but like it's not It's not easy to feel completely isolated and nobody else in the world knows what you're going through and it's like why you see the former presidents all get along because they're the only ones who know how that feels. And
1: Yeah, no amount of money can change the feeling of not being able to talk to your friends. Yeah. It doesn't matter how rich you are.
0: Look at like Melania's Trump best friend turning on her and selling Mm -hmm. her stories and gossip for a book and it's like that that would have anybody racked, you know? And we yeah. expect, we expect people in the public eye to be the Superman without emotions who show no weakness. And it's like, they're all more Britney Spears, 2008 than we realize. And a lot of this stuff is like, you know, just go watch Craig Ferguson's monologue on Britney Spears in 2008. And it's like, that's how we ought to approach public celebrities and just give them some grace and space to be people. And like, it's, yeah, people have money, and sometimes that money and that fame, that alienates them. Even if they chose it, they worked for it, they attained it, It's they're still human beings deserving of grace, empathy, compassion, you know, and that's, you know, you, you, can't, you I, can't- I don't think there's a lot be... of
1: that out there, and, which no. is ironic in conservative circles, because it's like, I hate everybody that's this and that, and you know, but oh, but you have some virtue because you're poor people are people. Right. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. You, you know, it's, you've got to put the value, you've got to exercise the value. Like, if you want celebrities to be less wacky and isolated and making vagina candles because <laughs> the only other people <laughs> that they're around believe that vagina candles can heal the world, like, they probably would hang out with regular people if regular people didn't treat them like circus freaks. You know, He's it's... talking
1: about when Gwyneth Paltrow people... She had a yeah. candle that she made with her vagina. Like, I gotta tell you though, like seriously, how bad does it have to be that you do that in your life and you think that has value? I smelt it. Did you for real? Did you get one?
0: What? Uh, I, wait, I, wait, when we did, did you it smell at work. One? Yeah, work oh work bought one. It's very. It smells like your grandmother's. Wait, you did that on the perfume. show.
1: Did everybody go around and smell it and give their thoughts? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was. What were
1: the thoughts?
0: It smells like your grandmother's potpourri fresh out the bag in 1952.
1: I, I don't think that smells like her vagina then. She's very lying. floral. Yeah. She's lying. Her vagina does not smell like flowers. You know, <laughs> That's, everything, everything we've talked about, this is the most important. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next
0: up. I I'll one, more, one more point on that. I think that people. <laughs> Love talking about this shit because it's because we're, we're, we'll make fun of Meghan Markle being suicidal and lonely because it gives us something to talk about with people so we don't feel suicidal and lonely. Yes. Like we have no, like we don't we don't get out of our houses. Some of us are legally bound to our houses right now if we live in states other than Indiana. Like it, it's it's even before the pandemic. I think it, so. I run social media for several for four different brands big media brands I cannot tell you how lonely people are and the, and we had this experience on the pat down where Dion was kind of experiencing it for the first time working with a large audience on social media and he's just he couldn't put his finger on it but he was troubled by something and I go it's loneliness and they're looking for you to fill that loneliness in the DMs and you don't mm-hmm. feel like you feel bad because you can't do that for them because there's 15,000 of them, you know? And, and that's the truth. Like there's, you know, our inboxes at my day job or our inboxes, my inboxes at other media brands, podcasts I'm on. Like I do my best. I do my absolute best to try and get back to everybody or at least show some reaction that I, I acknowledge you. I saw this. You know, but there comes a time where I've got to put my phone down and spend time with my family. And people are just really, really, really lonely. And they the best way for them to connect is through a podcast or through a TV show or through gossiping about a celebrity. And, you know, I I, I don't know what the, the, the answer is to get out of our comfort zones and get back in real life with people. But that's just can you you imagine
1: if this pandemic happened say 15 years ago what it would have looked like
0: i think people would have been much more uh i think it would have been worse because i think people would have been more in person i don't i don't think i think that online and the amount of entertainment options we have gives us this false sense of community and that got us it got us through the past year but i can tell you that i don't know if you feel it but The sense that the numbers are rapidly plummeting, the vaccine is here, everybody's sitting on all this cash, like, there's about to be an enormous explosion. Um, I mean, I went to Florida last weekend or two weekends ago, it was busier in February than it was ever on July 4th weekend. Well, I read
1: that a lot of 65 and older that have gotten the vaccine took, like, it was like their spring break, finally, because they've been in their freaking houses for a year. Yeah. So it's just exploding.
0: One of our co-hosts, Rob Cortell, 60-something, nearly 70, he got his vaccines. He's having a big party at his house on Sunday night. And he hasn't seen anybody for a year. You know, it's it's so... And the the messaging from Fauci and these other people, he's trying to play it safe, but saying, you know, well, you got to no, be careful. I, Fauci's your pissing
1: me off. Pa- Fauci's right. pissing me off because I think he's just trying to keep like his like he's not ready to start the new project at work, so he's just clinging on to the old
0: i I don't. I think this is yeah. I don't know that I. I think this <laughs> is a this is this is his last project. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. He's I, the he highest. Needs
1: to just stop. He's the <laughs> he highest paid. Em, he's
0: literally the highest paid employee in the government, but like. He's the, when you watch him, is he, he goes, really? yeah, he is. He's the highest. He makes like 4 million a year because he's so are you highly serious? specialized. Because the president mm-hmm.
1: makes like 280 or something.
0: Yeah, no. That's so,
1: crazy.
0: okay. So here's what the thing. The when fuck? you, when you watch you got him, a he'll major
1: be, stimulus. He,
0: he'll watch something. Uh, it, it, he'll say something. He'll be asked something and then he'll be like, well, you know how doctors are. Doctors and lawyers are the same. They waffle. Well, it could be this, it could be that. And then the headlines will print, Dr. Fauci says wear two masks. You know, should we wear <laughs> two? Like, I, I literally watched the, this thing, right? So Pete Buttigieg wears two masks to the to the inauguration. Somebody goes, should we do that, Dr. Fauci? Dr. Fauci says, ah, it couldn't hurt. And next thing you know, Dr. Fauci is telling us we all must wear two masks. What about 69 masks? Ha ha ha, I really made a joke there. Like, and so- instead of just coming out in like Israel and saying your life is going back to normal as soon as everybody gets this vaccine, we've got, I don't know, life may not return to normal. And so that was so imp Like if you, if you think the CDC is giving you scientific guidelines, they're not, they're giving you scientific guidelines Mm -hmm. within public opinion. It's changing Uh, because people are ready to get back to their real life.
1: Here's my opinion too, though, on, on the vaccine. And, and I don't, I'm not angry with people that I would that aren't reactionary anti-vaxxers, but that are like, you know, I'm not I'm a little concerned. It's gone through quickly because most of the um, herd immunity has come from people that have already gotten the coronavirus naturally. Yeah, I was, uh, that, that's more people that have been vaccinated. And honestly, I think if we would have just let things go last year we would have reached that much quicker and a lot less people would have died but Uh, that's scary to people they want to control situations
0: yeah I would definitely count myself in that camp but I have to say I have like 50 people in my life that have gotten the vaccine and and none of them except my mom who just had a bad flu for a couple days have had any kind of reaction whatsoever like well i know
1: i know that at my husband's work some people had some major like um i can't remember which one they got major (laughs) symptoms of like uh, neurological symptoms and Mm. then we have the antibodies too so when you have the antibodies and get the vaccine you just get more sick really Um, i didn't know that yeah yeah um our pediatrician actually told us that we we're taking the baby in um and so you know weighing that against the fact that we're very young and healthy you know what i mean uh, what risk to me is risk reward but i could see i'm not an anti-vaxxer oh my god i'm losing my anarchism card um well so see I, that's see that's older. interesting because <laughs> my
0: mom my mom was in the icu working with covid she probably so. had the
1: antibody so you get yeah. sick when you have them and get the vaccine it's just common knowledge you know now, it's, it's
0: what about your autism are you worried that that might increase
1: i am i'm worried that suddenly um i'm gonna be like all the men that dm me like i'll (laughs) just become them
0: (laughs) well do you want to do a couple more and then wrap up
1: yeah absolutely all
0: right let's see if we get any weird ones
4: hey are you talking about prince harry and Meghan markle which seems to be a hot topic on the podcast nowadays um as you can see from my name i am biracial i have one black parent and one white parent, much like Meghan Markle. Um, And what I can tell you is that um, anyone who is biracial um, when growing up is made well aware of the friction, dichotomy and racism that exists between the worlds of black and white. This is what we have to grow up and this is part of our reality and part of our narrative being biracial, is being exposed to racism. So I don't know what Meghan Markle was expecting when she hooked up with Harry, uh, especially given his stature in society. Um, Like, did she think that the racism that seeped its way into her parents' relationship wasn't going to find her out as well? I mean, does she not think she's black, maybe? I don't know. But um, she's pretty naive if she thinks that she was going to get away from that.
0: That's actually a really, really interesting
1: point. You know, I I would say perhaps she was naive, but she just probably assumed she would be treated like a human being like most people should be treated and there's nothing wrong with that (laughs) yeah I would
0: say like I guess that sort of maybe this is a good place to end because this is a good ending point like I guess you and I have not gone looking for trouble we've just been shocked that we found it and Mm -hmm. it's outrageous to see it's you're indignant when you see people being treated as less than human and then you're more indignant when you point that out and somebody says you shouldn't worry about that. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah, but
1: then, and we also go back to our regular lives, too, so it's really difficult because then yeah. we go back to really not experiencing much, much injustice, you know? You, I've, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, basically just being a female, maybe when I was a single mom and stuff is the only time I really, but, so... I don't know. I, I, sometimes I don't feel justified in speaking up, but then at the same time, like, I should speak up anyway. So I don't know. That's difficult. And I do know, like, a lot of biracial people really struggle because, like, a lot of times their family will be like, Well, you know what you're getting into. You know you're going to have trouble. It's like, you know, that's kind of a shit message to give them. Yeah. So
0: I, I don't, you're, you and I are very much like, the world shouldn't be this way and we need to change it. Where there yeah. are some people like like my friend Dion who are like, this is how the world is and you need to get used to it.
1: Yeah, I don't ever want to live there, though, because that makes me so sad. <laughs> and I yeah. think people do have the capacity to change. I've seen it. I've done it. So if I can do it, anybody can do it.
0: Yeah. So All right, Trishy.
1: Hope and change, Chris. That's right. <laughs> I'm like I... your Ginger Obama. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, oh,
1: oh God, I just Destroyed our entire shuttle.
0: the whole network. <laughs> Brian and Remzo are leaving now. They are. Even, even Hody has turned his back on I you. I might
1: change the name of Gingerarchy to Ginger <laughs> Obama.
0: <laughs> Ginger Obama, but we have to yeah, have like wonderful. a little a little apostrophe. Yeah, like yes. Ginger <laughs> Obama.
1: Oh, whoa! <laughs> all right.
0: All right, I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk to you later, for sure. All
1: right. Good night. <laughs> Bye. Bye.